The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. This is News Talk. Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. On the show this morning... Do you hate wrapping Christmas presents? Well, don't worry. We have the gift wrapping guru whose clients include Harrods and Victoria Beckham. We shine a light on the world's oldest candle making business who've been around for over 500 years. We meet the woman behind Juniper Whirl and Batch Loaf, the must have colours for 2022. We ask if people still have a nativity crib in their homes and why is Roisin Murphy not happy with the interiors of the Sex and the City reboot? If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you'll find me on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show and our podcasts on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, you're very welcome along this morning, folks. I'm sure you're getting ready with the last week to go before Christmas uh, with all of your final preparations. But there's no let up in festive spirit here in News Talk Towers and no rest for the wicked. The good news is we are going to be here with you on Christmas Day, which, of course, falls on a Saturday this year. We'll be keeping you company with some stellar guests. Kevin Dundon will be on hand to help with last minute Christmas dinner dilemmas. We'll have Bill Hughes to advise on what movies to watch on Christmas night. And of course, Roisin Murphy will join us. She'll be answering some common Christmas myths. So don't forget to join us on Christmas morning at eight o'clock. Ban the kids, put them in the sitting room with their presents, close the door and have a little bop with us. Before this morning, you're very welcome along. The Ho Ho Home Show Christmas Masterclass. that time in the show where we have our home show Christmas Masterclass and today we're looking at wrapping your Christmas presents. Love it or loathe it, it's something that we all have to do and my next guest comes with the title of the Gift Wrapping Guru. She's worked with clients such as Harrods, Fortnum and Mason, Dior and Victoria Beckham to name but a few. Jane Means, we are delighted to have you on the home show. Thank you, Sinead. Delighted to be with you. Now, tell us a little bit about some of those illustrious clients for the rich and famous. What present wrapping requirements do they have? Well, it's a real mixture. I mean, a lot of um, clients that I work with, I have to keep completely shtum because I have to virtually sign my life away. (laughs) Oh, go on. It's only you and me. (laughs) I've wrapped everything from... You know, these beautiful books worth £23,000 to diamonds to, you know, you name it. Um, I have wrapped pretty much everything you could think of. (laughs) How do you wrap a diamond? Are you just boxing it in layers and ribbons and all sorts? It's it's in a box, um, you know, and you just try and make it as luxurious as you can with sort of little embellishments. But um, and I also wrapped a a dress last week for a a, a diamond dealer. Um, It was beautiful. Um, So that had to have pleated tissue inside the gift box and, you know, just really, really elegant and a a beautiful big bow on top of the box. So some of my jobs are really glamorous and, you know, some of my jobs aren't really glamorous. So it's a real mixed bag. (laughs) And do you have to source then, I mean, when you're wrapping something that costs so much money and clearly money is no object for the wrapping for a lot of these people, do you have to then take time 
nearly like a set designer, I wonder, to go out and source fabrics and, and wrapping. Yeah, so one of my clients is a very well-known streaming TV service, which you can probably imagine. And um, they wanted something very, very specific. So when you opened the gift box, it was like a garden that met you with the gift inside. It, this box was going out to the actors and actresses of this specific show. Wow. So that took a lot of work behind the scenes to go and source all of the flowers, etc. And they had to be foliage and flowers that dried well, because obviously some of the gifts went overseas and... And it may be a day or two before the, the recipient opened it. So that was an amazing job that I did in September. Um, and apparently the spon- response was amazing. I, do you know what? I'd, I'd be a bit disappointed with the actual gift after all of that. <laughs> I mean, what do you give somebody after opening up a garden in your home? It would want to be pretty good. How did you get started, Jane? You're a, you were a florist yourself, I believe. Yeah, I worked as a florist. I'm not a trained florist, but I thought if you can wrap plants and flower pots and sort of vases and that sort of thing, um, you can wrap anything. And I just had these ideas from my travels. And it was after a skiing trip. I think I'd been to Austria, bought my grandmother's both a little bar of soap as a souvenir and the the gift shop wrapped them up in brown paper string, a little orange slice, beautifully done. And I just thought, Sinead, we don't do this wrapping in sort of the UK and, you know, I don't know about Ireland, but we just don't do it. This was 25 years ago. And I had all these ideas, sat at the dinner table with my parents and said, that's it. I'm going to teach the UK to wrap. My dad laughed and said, Jane, it will never work. And I never dreamt I would be, you know, doing what I am now. It's just like a dream come true. Now, those first impressions, of course, are really, really important. They're, they're important when you meet somebody, but they're also important when it comes to receiving a gift. How much do you think it alters the perception, the excitement level of what's inside? For me, gift wrapping is just like fashion on a person. It's it's a game changer. It's a first impressions count moment. And, you know, this is at the time where I think we really have to make our friends and families feel special and valued. We've had a really tough couple of years and this is your opportunity to show a bit of love and thought in your gifting. Um, it also, I feel, adds luxury to a present. So, you know, you don't need to go to a lot of effort to make something look actually better than it is. So you could be wrapping something really basic like a screwdriver for a a husband as a bit of a joke but actually make it look really amazing where you wrap it in I don't know a steel grey paper and maybe even wire in some nuts and bolts or something on the outside just to add a bit of humour to it as well. Oh that's a fantastic idea. Give us some tips on those awkward shape presents I mean a football or a plant or you know something that you're like you're thinking that's a great gift I've no idea what to do with it next I know I always think awkward shapes they can be tricky being wrapped in paper especially a thick paper so I will say aim for flexible materials so something like tissue and cellophane you can pick that up from your local florist um, if you're sort of in a small town um, and they're easy to work with they mould around the present and also things like fabric remnants are brilliant to reuse and recycle and sustainability is the big thing Mm. now and it will be moving forward Um, and you literally just place the item in the centre of the fabric or the the tissue in the cellophane and just gather it up around it and just add a bit of string Um, if it's anything really big so it's sort of luggage a large teddy bear a bike something like that 
get a paper tablecloth because they are huge, very inexpensive. And again, they just mould around perfectly and can be from supermarkets and party shops as well. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, because, I mean, you'd be buying rolls and rolls of wrapping paper for something like that. Now, you've a fabulous idea, which I love, for gift tags. Um, Tell me what that is, especially at this time of year. Yeah, gift tags, really important. So a couple of bits about gift tags. Write your tags before you even start wrapping and pop them on each present because that's the mistake that I, I don't know about you, but that's what I personally go <laughs> wrong with. I get get the sherry on, I get love actually on and I get carried away and I forget what I've wrapped. We've so. all been that soldier, <laughs> Jane. <laughs> and I plan to be that soldier in the next week as well. Good girl, good girl. But if you do run out of tags um, and you want to go again down the sustainable route, go for some fresh greenery like I ivy leaves, bay leaves, laurel leaves, get yourself one of those metallic Sharpie pens. That is a fantastic uh, idea for a gift tag and you could tie it on. It also looks nice as well. It's like an embellishment. Um, And I just love tying greenery and so eucalyptus is a big trend right now. So you could get some eucalyptus, ivy, you know, rosemary, herbs, tie them in as well it just looks amazing oh that's fabulous because you get the scent then as well as the look of it and I presume then you could do that even you could wrap up your knife and fork on on the Christmas dinner table yeah absolutely so things like that you know it looked lovely rolled in a napkin even tied with a bit of baker's twine or string as soon as you add some foliage in and it could be a sprig of holly looks amazing and I mean you could do the love actually trick where you get some fragrance um, like cinnamon fragrance from somewhere uh, like a homeware store and just give it a little spritz but do make sure that you spray it quite far away otherwise you get soggy napkins. (laughs) (laughs) indeed now you have online classes in uh, wrapping tell me about those yeah so I bit the bullet was it last year I I've been doing sort of in-person classes all over the world for you know two decades now and when Covid hit I thought I'm gonna have to change my strategy a bit so I basically wrote an online course very intensive course so it took several days to film I launched it last year and it's been you know received so well and so popular that people all around the world now who wouldn't normally afford to fly to a destination to do a workshop with me can now access it from their own home and we cover about 30 tutorials it's called Rap with Jane um, but it, you know it's a, a it's a really good course that you cover everything from hampers to awkward shapes to bows you name it it's it's all covered. Brilliant all right and if people want to find more about that or indeed about what you do where can they go Jane? Yep it's janemeans.com and also loads of ideas on my Instagram with tips and ideas before Christmas and that's at janemeans. It is indeed it's a fabulous it's a visual feast folks Uh, so do have a look at Jane's uh, Insta there. Jane Means gift wrapping guru thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Home Show. Thank you so much happy Christmas everyone. You're very welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk I'm Sinead Ryan. Now, over the past 12 months, we've seen a rainbow of colour trends being used in our homes from grey, the dreaded grey, to pink, to COVID yellow, to green. Uh, But what will be the must-have colours that we're all looking forward to having in our homes next year? Well, here with her design crystal ball is Adele Nicholson, Head of Marketing at Colour Trend. Morning, Adele. Welcome, Stu. Morning, Shani. Thanks for having me. Now, um, yes, that COVID yellow, I'm not over it yet. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
No, we're not. And I'm glad you mentioned greys as well. I think greys have been around for a number of years. And although they still have a place, that very much that kind of architectural Scandi cooler grey is definitely we're seeing is definitely on the way out. Um, and we're seeing it with a lot of our customers. Um, they're being replaced with more earthy tones of grey. So, yeah, grey is kind of not soft, more luxurious, a deeper exactly. kind of tone. What were the other big trends from 2021? What we were seeing was a lot of a move towards people being a little bit bolder with colour in their home. We're not sure whether we, we kind of feel it's possibly pandemic um, inspired, but that inspiration is definitely there. People are using their home in a very different way, Sinead, now. There is people have home offices and not always a huge space for it. So what we learned was people were being really adventurous in these small spaces, finding colours they loved and loved living with mm. and using them in other areas of their home. Um, that boldness in colours are generally around teals and greens. Um, green is still a very popular colour. Really? It's yeah. one I don't use in my home um, because I, I don't know why. I, I'm just not a big fan of it. And do you think in the home office thing it was like having that kind of Zoom background that was really trendy. Very trendy. Was it? But I think for people it's more that they need that space to shut off or where they have somewhere that's associated with work where they have to be kind of um, a lot more assertive um, or whether it's that calm home space. So they're mm. using that area to be bolder with colour and then having softer neutrals in, in other areas of their home as well. Okay. So just that definite separation between work and life in the home is becoming a big big key. Now, what can we expect, do you think, for, for next year coming up? Will that continue or will people revert back to the beiges and the greys and the hygge kind of colours? <laughs> the hygge. Um, yeah, those Scandi greys. Mm. As I said, they're still there for really modern architectural homes. However, that softness is a definite move. What we're seeing is people are still choosing grey, but with a really warm undertone like a heather. So we have a colour called Thresher, which is a beautiful heather undertone. So greys, but with an added undertone. Um, as I mentioned, greens, we're seeing green still. It's our biggest search term um, on really? our website. Yeah, green still. Okay. Irish people are very comfortable with green. green and at the moment, it's a safe cam colour. Green and grey are the typical colours you see every day yeah, when you look out your yeah. window. So those green greys are still oh, and extremely just being popular. they're reflected back into nature And being reflected in their home. home. However, we're seeing people going for deeper greens and being a lot more adventurous and using them in different ways. So um, we know that uh, panelling is not going away. Yes, yes, the dreaded panelling. Well, I mean, <laughs> where very it works, in it's Ireland. fabulous. Mm. It's a really cheap, instant change to your home if you don't want to look like a Tudor manor. But I mean, it, it, just putting up those wood slats and, and giving them a lick of paint, that matte, chalk, high yes. quality colour paint. High pigment, yeah. um, beautiful deep colour. So those greens are working really well in those spaces. Kitchen cabinetry, absolutely. Um, so greens are not going away, but we're seeing that develop into a more teal green mm. and a more vibrant green. Okay. We have a lovely colour called um, Juniper Whirl, which is a beautiful teal deep green and it's becoming one of our more kind of iconic colours. Now tell me where you come up with the names for that, these because I'm that, always fascinated. Everyone uh, the, everyone that Juniper knows me Whirl. are always, yeah, it's Juniper right. Whirl. So it's from the Juniper Bloom and those lovely colours that are associated with it um, and surround it. So we... We, we have a team of people that work on colour palettes and colour names. And it it's a little bit of, does the colour inspire the name or name inspire the colour? So it's a bit of a mix of both. But anyone who's working on a new colour scheme or colour palette 
tends to bring a colour they absolutely love and it's inspired them in some way. And generally, all of Colour Trends colours are inspired by Ireland and the Irish landscape. Um, it may be landscape, it may be nostalgic. Like we've one called Iced Float, which is a real nod to our youth and when we had our ice cream and, ah, uh, you know, right. our, our, our soda floats, which were big. So um, inspired by Ireland a lot of the time, we tend to look at the colour and what inspires us. We have one colour called Long Weekend, which is a beautiful sea, clear, crisp teal and that was inspired by Keem Bay in Mayo because of that beautiful sea and it's called Long Weekend because it's where people flock oh, on long weekends when the weather's good. So, And you've got very much batch loaf. Oh yes. Now so when I close my eyes and I think of a batch loaf which I absolutely love it's that kind of um, cr- that heavy crusted dusting of, of flour on the top that dark brown. Am I right? Is that the kind is that colour it is? It's more the interior of the bread you'll the see bread. it right there I'm sorry oh, your, there your listeners is. can't really see but that beautiful oh, bread yeah, and, and they're definitely those neutrals and nuanced neutrals that people are moving towards those warmer neutrals not those greys. What a great job to be able to think up <laughs> the names of all the colour I have a vision of people sitting round you know an old wooden table with splashed paint and pots and trying to come up with all these <laughs> it, evocative it, things. It's a little bit like that as well and it is it's a really fun part of what we do. Now one of the less fun things that people like me have to do is because I'm really not good with putting colours with colours. Some people instinctively know this goes with this and this goes with that. I'm not one of them. And I know when I was doing my own uh, house that we moved into about two and a half years ago, it had been rented out for years. So everything needed to be changed. And I wanted kind of colours that were totally different, but that worked together from the sitting room through to the kitchen, through through a set of doors and then an accent wall at the end. Uh, and I have to say, I went up to Pat McDonald Paints because we've had Pat on the show. He's he's just, they're fantastic up there. Um, and we uh, we went up to try and pick a, a thing and I was thinking, well, what will go with this? And I wanted a really deep experimental cover in the sitting room because it's a north facing room. And rather than going bright white, we said, no, let's leave it an adult evening space. Do you know, he said, you don't need to do anything. Colour Trend have done it for you. Here is a whole book of colours that are in the same palette. Yes. It was a revelation. Yeah. It's fantastic. Like we do, we've about 2,000 colours in our collections. We have three capsule collections, which are core, where we've done a lot of the work for people. So there's a contemporary, which is quite modern for new homes. We have the historic collection, which is always in fashion Mm. in some respect. They're contemporary, never changing classic colours. And then we also have a weather collection, which is for your exterior, because people really struggle with exterior colour schemes as well. So we do exterior paint. But for people who are really struggling, we have a number of services, especially in the uh, as we're working kind of COVID adjacently mm. at the moment um, online. We have um, something nobody else is doing and we're really excited about it. It's called our Video Ask and it's on our website, colourtrend.e, where you can literally, because everyone's really busy at a time that suits you, go around your home with your phone and mm. take um, a video coverage of your house and your the specific room you're looking for yeah. help with and ask the questions and you just send it via our website and our colour consultants will come back with a personalised message and colour scheme for you. Oh, fantastic. Based on that. Great. So that's one service so if that you we were, have. So if you said, look, I have this room here, I kind of have an idea of what I like, exactly. but I want to do something with this feature wall over here. Correct. So it's there. It's available um, 24-7. We would give us about 24 hours to come back and revert mm. um, to you with the colour palette. But we also then have a service, which is a, a full online consultation with one of our colour consultants. So that's fantastic for people, like you say, who really struggle with choosing colour. Most people already know 
and it's just somebody even telling them you've made the right choice. But some people really want that help and that's available to you on our website as well or social channels. We have a number of ways of getting in touch. Now we know Colour Trend is an Irish uh, business, Adele, but tell us a little bit about the history of the company. Sure. Um, Colour Trend has been operating from Selbridge since 1953. It's third generation family business and it employs about 130 people across Ireland. So we have, along with Colour Trend, we have Colour Trend paint and wallpaper stores. So there's seven of our company-owned stores across the country. And if anyone wants to buy Colour Trend, it's available through 170 stockists. You mentioned mm. where you've bought it in the past. And we also have um, our online store, which is open 24-7 as well, along with our services, our online services, if anyone is interested. Well, listen, Edel Nicholson, Head of Marketing for Colour Trend, thank you so much for thank joining you. us today on The Home Show. Thanks for having me, Sinead. Now, did you know that the oldest candle-making company in the world is actually in Dublin? Established over 500 years ago, 1488 to be exact, Rathborns is still making hand-poured candles even now in 2021. So we wanted to find out a little bit more about this Irish institution and look at how candles have gone from functional to decorative necessities in our homes. Now, I'm delighted to say I'm joined this morning by Siobhan Kyo, Brand and Commercial Director of Rathborns. Good morning, Siobhan. Welcome along to The Home Show. Good morning, Sinead. Thanks for having me. Now, tell me a little bit about John Rathborn and how he came to open his business in Dublin. Yeah, so in 1488, um, he came from the UK and set up business in Wine Tavern Street, right in the centre of Dublin. Um, and yeah, started making candles there. I guess people find it hard to believe that a, ca- a company can be this old, but everybody needed candles for light um, back then. And soon he um, got the contract to light the streets of Dublin and the lighthouses around Ireland and the business flourished from there. Now, in those days, of course, I, I, they were made with animal tallow, which is a bit smelly. So how did the process change over the centuries? Yeah, so it would have changed quite a bit over the centuries. Um, yeah, from animal tallow um, to stearine was used as well, which is quite a hard, and that's still used today. It's, it's a natural um, wax. And of course, paraffin wax um, was and is used still um, quite a bit today throughout the industry. Um, and that's a byproduct um, that's used to make the wax byproduct of the petroleum industry. Um, with our um, natural candles, we use a, a natural wax, which is a combination of rapeseed, uh, coconut and beeswax. And we tend to use beeswax quite a bit in, in all of our candles and, of course, in our church candles, which would have been our core business mm. um, from all through the 1900s, really. And it's still quite a big part of our business today. Now, I believe you still hand pour your candles. Why is that? Um, it's really to get that perfect quality. Um, we're, we're very much aiming for that luxury high-end brand and there's there's no point um, if you're not going to have perfect quality. So we it takes two days to make every single one of our candles. And so what, the what's first, the process? So we start, we, we uh, apply the wicks by hand and we choose from thousands of wicks in order to choose the correct wick that burns at the correct temperature so that the whole of the wax is um, melted. You don't want tunneling down that you see with some candles. Mm. And secondly, you don't want it too hot. That will produce smoke or that the glass will get too hot. 
Um, so after that, we pour two thirds of the way up. We leave them overnight to set and they, they settle a little bit. And then we over pour next morning, which is the last third, just to get that perfect, perfect finish. And then we trim the wick and put them in boxes. And pouring them by hand as well allows us to check every little piece um, from the glass to the packaging to make sure there's no scratch marks. Um, or any kind of mark just to ensure really a perfect quality of the product. Now, what are your most uh, popular products, Siobhan? Because I, I'm sure they're ones that are scented, perhaps, uh, with all of those lovely perfumes that you can add to them nowadays. Yeah, so we, our most popular this time of the year would be our Christmas fragrance, of course. It's a beautiful, really subtle um, Christmas fragrance. It's called Cedar, Cloves and Amber. Um, and then our best seller also is Dublin Dusk. That's a really, I suppose, unique candle. It's black. Um, the wax is black, the candle is black, the box is black, and the fragrance is on the masculine side, but loved by both men and women. So really, it's a perfect gift for him or her. Um, and then Dublin Tea Rose Oud and Patchouli would be our best seller all year round as well. And Now, you have something called a travel candle. What's that? So, yes, all of our candles come in three sizes. So uh, we have a travel one wick candle, a two wick classic and a four wick luxury. So really the wicks give an indication of the scent throw. The travel is perfect for putting in your suitcase if we were ever allowed travel, if the world ever returns to normal at this point. Um, but it's nice then you arrive at your hotel, you have your candle, you can have a bath and light your fra- favourite fragrance. You've just mentioned that my almost favourite thing to do when I'm away anywhere in Ireland or abroad and that is to light a candle in the bathroom and sink into a bubble bath. It is an absolutely fabulous thing to do. So that travel candle is right up there uh, for me. Now, of course, you have been hugely successful and remain so uh, after 500 years and you're a huge exporter, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So um, we're really developing our export markets over the last number of years with the with the launch, I guess, of our um, scented collection. So we launched our, our the scented collection in 2015 in Brown Thomas in Dublin. And since then, we've been um, looking at, at further afield, really. There is no point in having the world's oldest candle makers and not making the most of, of such an important um, selling point, really. And we've had great success. Japan is probably our, our, our most successful Japan. market at the moment. Why, why Japan, do you think that is? Yeah. Is it all that kind of zen-like thinking that they do? And They, they love, the, they love the, the clean-lined, modern packaging, but yet they love the historical story of something so old. So it's ticking all the boxes for them and that together then with the fragrances, they're, right. they're, they're quite different to other fragrances on the market. They're, they're quite subtle, but yet really beautiful and bespoke. So you find people that don't like scented candles tend to love ours. They don't irritate them okay. in any way. And, and if people want to find out a little bit more about Rathbourne candles, where can they go to do that? Well, of course, our website, rathbourns1488.com. Um, we're also available in Brown Thomas, um, Kilkenny, Nassau Street, Meadows and Burn nationwide, and lots of other really nice stores around the country. Wonderful. Siobhan Kyo, Brand and Commercial Director of Rathbourns, thank you for joining us this morning on The Home Show. Thank you so much.
Welcome back to the home show. Yes, that was New York Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. And why are we playing that? Well, of course, it's to introduce our very own Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah! Oh, yes! Oh, finally! <laughs> I've known it for a long time. We were, going to call you, taking... we were going to call you Mrs. Big, but we decided to. I'm, I'm not Kirsten then, no. I'm not Kirsten. Which one are you? So you're the eclectic Which one. Which one are you? You're the, uh, me, oh yeah, no, I probably, I probably you're, am. No, Miranda. Just, you're, 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 you're not Samantha and you're not. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> She's gone AWOL. Good morning, Roisin Murphy, oh, and welcome morning, back to the morning, show. Morning, morning. You're stuffing a mince pie into your gob there, am, but that's I'm so okay. sorry. That's I'm so sorry. We gave it to you. It's it was fine. actually really good. You know the way your mince pie you've got approached with caution? That was excellent. Good. All right. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, now, why are we talking uh, about all things Sess in the City? It is because, of course, the reboot is back, and we've all been watching the series, and we can't wait for the next one, and some people were disappointed with it. But we, of course, on the home show, want to look at it from the angle of all of those beautiful and otherwise interiors. Yeah, and yeah. you had an interesting kind of a view on yeah. how those were designed for different characters. OK, so some of us grew up with Sex and the City. And it, from the moment that she had her first apartment, which she's kept in the brownstone, and she had her little desk in front of the window, there's a lot of girls, independent women out there, yourself included, Sinead, who probably looked at that and thought, God, you know, one day, you know, living on my own, my walk-in closet, just exactly the way I like I it. I was wondering how she could make a living out of one column a week yeah. <laughs> and then swan around yeah. New York City well, there afterwards. Is, there is that whole thing yeah. about the actual cost of real apartments, including the Friends one in New York versus, but I do know girls who did live that life in New York and they did get those apartments and I'd been in one or two of them. But, so I was really looking forward to this. Because I thought, okay, where is she, you know, where is she going to land mm. interiors mm. wise? Because um, also she's, a, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker has investment in Donegal. She's in a house here. She's yeah. got a crinkly tin Indeed. roof. So we we have a lot of attachment to her in this country and she buys Irish products and advertises them and really has helped start all that. My God, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry now, I know it's coming up to his birthday and everything, but holy God, What? on earth happened what like, didn't you like oh my god the masculinity no the... well the first thing that hit me was it, there was no natural light mm. like there was a very night time it was Mr Big it was that whole nighttime clubby vibe and then there was this uber masculine kitchen and by that I mean an awful lot of neutral colours where you women have a lot more confidence with colours because we don't proportionally have as much colour blindness so we react much stronger to colour and mostly okay. in the history of design you'll see where women are coming tapering in the likes of Susie McAdam Roisin Lafferty with colour because they haven't had that prominence in the industry but we're getting there but by God there was a brown black splash there that so really should somebody should have said no Hold on woman's now. touch in Mr. Big's apartment. I just thought it was, not that there was no woman's touch. There were some absolutely fantastic design features. So what, okay, standout moments were the line of records. Okay, anybody who has vinyl, like when she walks into that room to pick the vinyl out of a perfectly beautiful, it was Curated like a Gideon set. library, <laughs> just a wall of vinyl on its edge, the storage underneath. Then it's centred on the island. Very, fo- but you'll no- what you'll notice in it in terms of is the formality of the layout. Mm. You're talking about backsplash, island, dark brown then you see your, you they pan back and out into the kind of living room dining room area so everything's very formalised whereas in Carrie Bradshaw's one the bedroom was the main focus mm. with the with the up and down sash windows there was an approach to the the the, the windows out on the street it was, and being very, it was just 
more, but it was brighter. Yeah. It was more white. There was an awful lot of this uh, wallpaper, which is a very expensive wallpaper and you can all buy it and every it's it's based, it's had real wood in it. Like it's a really ultra expensive. But then when I went on a troll of all the articles around the design to figure out, because it was a very interesting point that you and the, our producer made um, when we were talking about researching this item and they were basically saying that this is going to follow the story arc. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I kind of thought, oh yeah, that makes sense. So we're going to go from this mass, and I don't know what the word for the fe- the equivalent of emasculation for women is. What exactly. is that word? Well, it, well, emasculation for women. Yeah, emasculation <laughs> is when a, a male thing is overtaken yeah, by a female. Yeah. So what is well, the just equivalent? Her feminization. Her yeah. her wanting to be uh, to individualize this apartment, yeah. and it may be now yeah. a big gone. Sorry, folks. Spoiler alert. There, uh, that she gets that opportunity. Do you think that a lot of couples, mm. uh, Roisin, outside of oh, Sex yes. the City, have that dilemma when absolutely. they're joining two households yeah. together? Yeah, absolutely. That the person coming in de facto is is going to have to dump a lot of the right stuff and ideas. I mean, I just think really if you are going to settle down, you go and buy a place together. You you move out of, of one person's yeah. apartment, moving into somebody's look. Yeah. And even when you bring that stuff, I remember thinking, oh my God, here I am moving into somebody's house. I'm going to bring on my, I had like, I think Shishida perfume bottles, loads of little bits of silk I was throwing everywhere. Mm. I thought I was just doing a flourish on this fella's apartment. And he was traumatised. Yeah. It was absolutely traumatised. They weren't ready for you. <laughs> no, he wasn't ready. I was like, you should not have told me to move in. But uh, like that thing, and I remember as well, somebody coming into my space and covering over pink with this sludgy grey green and my girlfriend's turning up for a girlfriend poker night going, what is this? And them recognising that something terrible had happened. Yeah. That you cannot didn't lose. Have your stamp on it. Well, you even. can't lose yourself. Mm. In the same way as in a relationship, I think you should never lose your identity. It's really important for you both to hold on to it. But it's in tough though. It's a hard negotiation. Well, you t- tell them I mean, it's Sinead. Carrie, tell them about Carrie your under the stairs. obviously failed. But, uh, well, yeah, because we yeah. had to join households. But we, we did what you suggested. We bought a new place. Yeah. But you're mixing somebody maybe who has a very traditional masculine approach to blues and browns and greys and then neutrals yeah and I'm not a huge thing with colour but I love that splash of it so it is it is an awkward one and you do have to compromise or in my case just nag him to death (laughs) (laughs) which works far better actually just takes longer it does take longer (laughs) or what I always used to do was take up the paintbrush because I I, I oh and just do it just do it and then the person goes Jesus no no (laughs) hand me the brush I'll do it for the fear Ah, so it's but I think I do think that what I think is if it's if it is as is suggested it is a story arc that that deliberate dark heavy masculine will be interior is part of the story by the widow or else she but on the other extent the designers are saying they just loved it fantastic alright well we will catch up with the rest of those episodes and we will find out if Roshin's instincts are right now we want to look next at a, a very Christmas uh, themed thing of course it is the history of uh, the crib and the nativity crib in Irish homes I can't imagine there were many homes when I was growing up and when you were that didn't have a crib at the foremost yeah. of the Christmas decorations yeah. and it just strikes me I've been into a few people's homes and right. there's not always one present at all anymore I don't have one uh, do you? I have two Oh, right. Really oddly. I mean, nobody would expect that of me. I mean, the first one was gifted to me by a... a, Jerry Farrell, who's a, he, he runs a craft shop up in, uh, and, and a joinery shop, so he gave it to me. And it is absolutely beautiful. It's a one-piece, tiny, handmade, Irish, except Baby Jesus is Lost. But I also, lo- I have to say, like, I'm not a big 
religious person, but as a child, I absolutely adored playing with the figures. Right. And it struck me when we were doing this item. Like, like a doll's house. Nearly. I don't know if what that's it not was, disrespectful. But it was extremely interesting if you're, you know, if you're interested in, I mean, I was always interested in design and houses. So this is the ultimate first house ever as a child you mm, conceive of. But it's true. supposed to be this manger. It's and ours were carved from sort of this Bethlehem olive tree. Right, which they were people in the UN who were their dads were over in the army or they were fighting overseas or peacekeepers. They they all brought one of these back. They were beautifully carved, very abstract. Uh, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and a few of the wise men. Okay, so we had them, and my job was always to create the crib, like because you did. I didn't have the actual manger. My mother you started didn't early the then. Interiors in the manger. Oh, my mother was smart. She was like, you know, that thing where you're cooking a chicken and she just or turkey and she'd go, you decorate the house, real kind of. Out, right, do the crib and I'd be there for hours. But I found that it formatively, it was very interesting. Like, I don't think, I think, okay. And then when we were doing the research to discover that Francis Assisi or whatever in the 12th, 13th century was the guy who decided, I'm going to do a live crib, lads. Mm. What a marketing ploy. (laughs) I mean, seriously, who would have thought? Let's enact... I'm sure that's what was at the foremost. No, it, it was <laughs> like apparently he was seen cradling the babe of Bethlehem because he was too provoked by emotion to hold the baby and call him Jesus. The tears came down, but he was like, like, and this is the time before internet, so a live enactment of the uh, the the whole thing in the streets. I mean, seriously, what a genius marketing. The Catholic Church must have been the best because they built all those incredible churches. If talk about people who understand marketing. An invisible concept. Like there was no internet, but we were having, you know, all sorts of miracles occurring. Indeed. Indeed. And apparently the animals that ate the hay from that original <laughs> crib, sorry, I am laughing, this is terrible, but apparently cured all these animal diseases as well. So there was miracle hair, hay from that day, <laughs> which you got to love the optimism. But there are other cribs. Okay. On a completely oh, yeah. different okay. note. Okay, so All let's right. talk about cribs because we had, we had the Lord Mayor of Dublin yeah. on last week actually and she was talking about the live crib that is in the Dublin yeah. Mansion House. Hasn't, so, I mean, it hasn't, hasn't gone wo- away. Has it, it, yeah, no, people And the moving it. crib up on Parnell Square yeah, which is, love it. they love it and there is something, kids adore it because it's the ultimate thing. Ah, the, the, it is. Yeah, the and star it's of the, the show is a baby. Story. All right. yeah. Yeah. Now, tell us about some cribs that you've had a look at okay, uh, the that most, you can get. Okay, the most famous ones are the Fontanini ones. Yes, the Italian. Oh, gorgeous. And Expensive, Roshi. Now, they range in price <laughs> from your resin. You can have a resin casting of so high and it's a couple of hundred quid to the full 50 centimetre high, which is 200 euros. And behave... <laughs> but according to where they are in the pecking order, the more holy and odd biblical scene is more expensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is like a window into the world. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you can get a Zavorsky. A Zavor- How do you pronounce it? Swarovski. Swarovski. Is it the jeweller people? Swarovski. Oh, they do a crib. They do they? Uh, one that's encrusted. The baby Jesus, Mary I and Joseph. Hope so. For a couple of grand. <laughs> no bother to you. Lash it out. That's exactly what Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> but then. Encrusted in fake diamonds. Right. Okay, but then there was. Uh, there's a really famous. Uh, there's a couple of abstract lads. Okay, as they say in Ireland, when you're talking about big designers, abstract lads. Mm. And. I, I can't pronounce his name so I'm not going to bother I'm going to put up my Insta afterwards but these are guys who have done he has done an entire crib or nativity scene of blocks of wood now guess what colour Joseph is he's a plain colour right well, what colour would you put him at Joseph yeah. I'd put him a kind of a light brown yes perfect oh. Give us one for, for Baby Jesus. Oh, Baby Jesus has to be uh, a pale cream close <laughs> no, white. white Mary oh blue 
Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> See, well we have done. it Okay, that's why girls are better at colour. Uh-huh. Just say, so the three wise men. Three wise men. All right. Uh, well, wise men, of course, were kings. So reds and golds yes, and things. Yes, red, okay. purple and a, and oh, a jade yeah, blue. Of and guess what the poor old shepherds uh, The poor old shepherds, they're kind of like a, a, a green or a teal or a... Colour we're arguing about uh, all the time. What's the colour we're arguing gray. about? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. Sorry, no pun intended. But that it was extraordinary. And I just thought it for colour mapping, um, and then it all fits <laughs> in a box. A colour mapped in blocks of wood. <laughs> Baby Jesus was so high, Mary was so high, she was a square, Joseph was oblong, the three kings were oblongs, and it fits back into a box. But it is extraordinary looking because you look, it is a real anybody who loves colour and minimalism, yeah. you're there kind of going, that really is. A, a very strong statement of people's roles in colour. Yeah, and also I suppose it's such an iconic image around the world. You don't yeah. have to explain it. You can just put the blocks down. And I knew you don't exactly have to say was. this is a person, this yeah. is Mary, this is Joseph. You you know instinctively it, yeah. what the crib, the and manger goes, should look it like. It goes back into a box and then there's ones that have sort of the names written on it, which is like Joseph, Mary. And they're funny because they're all about shape. But you can also get one from Tiger. The one I have, I have another one that I got from I Tiger. I saw the one in Tiger. Yeah. Ah, gorgeous. They're so cute and they're tiny. And I have Couple them put quid. into a hollowed out carriage clock. I got, you know, the way you get a carriage yeah. clock and it never works. And this one was a real retro one from the 80s. Yeah. Not even, the, you know, it wasn't really vintage. So the piece came out. and So it looks like they're in tele, on a telly in a live screen. <laughs> so that's the one that everybody loves because it's, but I alternatively, alternatively, I also think a made, a homemade Crib by kids, you can't beat. Yeah. All right, okay. with the tinsel, oh, the the toilet the paper <laughs> roll. You know, genius. All right. Now uh, it, it might be Christmas week, but yes. we are still uh, looking at an objective design. What have you? Oh, you have the little okay, bag. Okay, I me. have a bag, right? Because I'm thinking about <laughs> okay. everybody who's going to people's houses. Okay, you arrive at the house. Yeah. And there are things. Now, first of all, I wanted this is one. This is one that was opened previously know by a child of mine. Bag, so I'm going to apologise to Clarks in advance. Okay. Right. Right. It was a shaving kit. So a lots artisan. It's an Irish gift set. It's, so it's a gift set for shavers, young shavers. And it should have a shaving bar soap, but some oh, child does. robbed it, but oh. it has all these oils. Handmade rosemary and yeah. sea salt soap. It has a bathing oil. Yeah. The, the Tiver Relaxation is, Essential Oils yeah. from Ackle Island. Yeah. Organic seaweed and uh, a beard oil. So this is I'll, a, I'll put that to very good use, <laughs> Do you have a beard? No, I don't think so. You'll have to find out when I put the cedar no, but this, wood and... Okay, so that's a small box. That's one on box it. gift Lovely. set you can okay, give to somebody. Gorgeous. All right. Roisin, thank you so much. Uh, Roisin pop up pictures of that now on her Instagram site, which is... Roisin Murphy Architect. Fantastic. I love the way right. I say and that. Roisin Murphy say, Architect. Say, yeah, very really say That's really who... That's, yeah. <laughs> and that is all yeah. we have time for this week. Thanks to the production team, Gardmill Hall, Stephen McLoon on sound. And I have some good news for you. We will be live I'm with you, as I said, <laughs> next Saturday, Christmas morning. <laughs> and we have lots of our favourite guests on the show to get you in the festive spirit. One of them will be celebrity chef Kevin Dundon on hand to get you the best roast potatoes and avoid getting lumps in your gravy and all of that. Uh, and of course, Roisin will be here with some festive yes. cheer and tune in to help us with all those Christmas finishing touches. Up next it's the Anton Savage show and he'll be talking to Henry McKean who's been sent to Lapland. Have a great weekend. See you on Christmas morning at 8 o'clock.